the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. This past weekend, I made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land of Jazz, New Orleans. The primary purpose of the trip was to participate in the Treme Fall Festival, an annual event that raises funds for this historic Treme neighborhood in general, and for St. Augustine's Catholic Church in particular. Founded in 1841, St. Augustine's is the oldest African-American Catholic Church in the country. It has an incredibly rich history and culture. The church building is currently in such disrepair from age and hurricane damage that the congregation has to meet for worship in their parish hall, which, by the way, isn't in that great of shape either, but it is better off than the sanctuary. My uncle drove over from Houston to meet me, and together we volunteered for this festival. We were scheduled Saturday afternoon for two and a half hours to supervise the bouncy house. I'm not going to lie, the weekend flew by except for the bouncy house part. After about two hours, I looked down at my watch and it had only been 10 minutes. The kids were flying high, but time stood still. I'm pleased to say that there were no major injuries. The festival started on Saturday morning with a second line parade. Second line parades, according to one definition, are the descendants of the city's famous jazz funerals. And apart from a casket, mourners, and a cemetery visit, they carry many of the same traditions with them as they march down the streets. The people who are part of the hosting organization are the first line of the parade, while those who follow it along, dancing and often singing as they go, form what is known as the second line. A second line, by its very nature, invites crowd participation. We marched through the streets of Treme with the brass band, which led us to the church grounds and the festival. We spent the rest of the morning listening to incredible music, eating incredible food, and exploring this historic neighborhood. After lunch, we got some coffees at a corner cafe across the street from the church. And just as we sat down, another second line parade came marching through the street. This time the brass band was mobbed by crowds of people. And in order to get a better view, I almost involuntarily without thinking about it, I got up, stood up on my chair so that I could see the band. And even still, I could just see the tops of some of the brass instruments above the sea of people. It was a scene of unbounded joy and celebration. The architecture throughout New Orleans is famous for its good views. Second story balconies overlook the streets, providing great spectating for the many parades and festivities passing through. Today's gospel story about Zacchaeus, the tax collector, brought me back to that second line parade in the street and me standing on a chair to get a better view. In the gospel story, there is also a large crowd, so large that it's hard to see the main attraction. A higher vantage point is needed for a better view. 
which is exactly what Zacchaeus does. He climbs a tree. Of course, Zacchaeus isn't there to see a brass band. He's there to see our Lord Jesus Christ. Why does he want to see Jesus? This is a question worth pondering. He doesn't have any financial or material needs, that's for sure. St. Luke tells us that Zacchaeus is not just a tax collector, but a chief tax collector. And just in case we don't put two and two together, he adds plainly, and rich. It says he was a chief tax collector and rich. He wants for nothing materially. He has everything and more that a person could want in terms of wealth and worldly goods. Why does he want to see Jesus? Clearly something is stirring within him. That much is for sure. At St. Augustine's church, they have a beautiful icon of their patron with the words of one of his most famous quotes from his work, Confessions. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Zacchaeus's heart is restless. His temporal needs may be met, but there is a need in him that has not been met, that no amount of riches or wealth or material goods can satisfy. So he runs ahead of the crowd, he climbs up a sycamore tree so that he can see Jesus when he passes by. And when Jesus comes to that place, an extraordinary thing happens. Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus, looks him in the eyes, and says, Zacchaeus, he calls him by name, Zacchaeus, hurry up, come down. I must stay at your house today. Now back to that second line parade for a moment and me standing on the chair. I'm there just trying to get a good view of the band, that's all. I just want to see them to, to enjoy the music. But what if as that sea of people passes by, with the band all smushed in the center of the crowd. What if the band leader looks up at me from the center of the crowd, looks me right in the eye and says, hey, Doran, hop down from that chair, man. I'm going to your house today. Let's go, let's go hang out. How shocking would that be? How crazy would that be? It would be one of those, is this really happening? Kind of moments. Well, Zacchaeus's situation is obviously infinitely more shocking than my silly little scenario I just described. Remember, Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, so his reputation is not great. Everyone knows full well that he is both a traitor and a thief. He's working for the Roman occupiers and stealing from his own people. He is rich because he took their money. Zacchaeus' social standing is the epitome of not cool, and everyone knows it. So imagine how shocking this must be for Zacchaeus. Jesus, this great rabbi, this mysterious holy man, looks him square in the eyes, calls him by his name, and invites himself to his home in the midst of this public gathering. 
No wonder Zacchaeus immediately comes down from the tree, invites Jesus to his home, and the scriptures say receives him joyfully. And of course, it is equally shocking for the crowd. The people, understandably, are confused. They grumble like, what's up with this? Why, why is Jesus going to be a guest in the house of this incredible sinner? What in the world is going on here? Zacchaeus finds what he is looking for, and the effects are immediate. Not only is he deeply convicted of his own sin and the desire to repent and return to the Lord, but he is moved to make amends, to right his wrongs. The Anglican Bishop N.T. Wright teaches us that repentance involves restoration. Zacchaeus is determined to do so lavishly. He doesn't offer to sell all his property, nor does Jesus demand it. But by the time he'd given half of it away, which is what he says he will do, and made fourfold restitution where necessary, which is what he says he will do, we can imagine that Zacchaeus would find himself in seriously reduced circumstances. He does not care. He has found something more valuable, N.T. Wright tells us. Zacchaeus' heart is no longer restless because it now is at rest in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Zacchaeus finds what he is looking for, or rather, perhaps it's better to say Zacchaeus is found by the one who came to seek and to save the lost. We might say, well, Zacchaeus, he was the one who went to the parade. He's the one who climbed the tree. He's the one who goes to see Jesus. This is true. But he couldn't go to see Jesus if Jesus didn't first come to him. And so it is with us. Our Lord Jesus Christ has come to us. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. He died on the cross, rose from the grave, ascended into the heavens, and sent his Holy Spirit to inhabit our hearts and manifest his presence to us and draw us to himself through his one holy Catholic and apostolic church and her sacraments. Christ is alive and present in and with and through his body, the church. He is here. He has come to us to seek and save that which is lost. Let us then follow the example of Zacchaeus and allow our restless hearts to lead us to Jesus. Let us go to the parade and climb up high and lift up our hearts to the Lord and fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Jesus knows each one of his sheep and calls us each by name. With Zacchaeus, let us make haste and heed the call and invite Jesus into our homes and hearts and lives and relationships and vocations that we too might be cleansed and forgiven of our sins and offenses, that we might be inspired to make amends with those whom we have wronged, that we too might 
with Zacchaeus enter into the joy of our salvation. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.